Welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show, where we explore spiritual ideas and books that help you live a better life. Hosted by spiritual teacher and author of If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate, Jason Napolitano. All right. Hello. Welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. I am your host, Jason Napolitano, and your co-host is here. You want to say hi? Hello. Good to be here for another podcast. Awesome. That is Chris Sheridan, by the way. And Chris is the author of The Spirit in the Sky, which can be found on Amazon or on chrissheridan.com. And I am the author of If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate, which can be found on Amazon or cosmiceye.org. So there is our formalities of getting our books out there. And hopefully you will, you will order those books and help keep this podcast alive by, uh, by buying our books. So uh, a, little, a little guilty nudge from the both of us. <laughs> or a giveaway. That's a good point. So speaking of that, which uh, can I say, thank you. Um, Today is our seventh podcast. We're pretty excited about that. Um, And seven is a good mystical number. So what we're doing is offering uh, for the first listener who emails either of us, you will win a free book. Um, So all you need to do is email and then one of us will let you know uh, that you want and you can you can then email your mailing address and we'll send that out to you f- uh, for free um, my book as i said is called if you can worry you can medicate meditate medicate excuse mm-hmm. me so it's not medicate it's meditate so it's good you medicine, don't need though. you don't need a book you don't need a book to medicate so this is a basic uh meditation book and it leads you through the process of learning how to meditate and turning uh, anxious and worrisome thoughts into positive and clear and joyful thoughts. Um, Chris, tell them a little bit about your book uh, in case they want that. So it's going to be both of us are offering one free book. So which book sound, you know, the one that sounds like the one you want email to that person or to the both of us, I guess you could do that as well. It's up to you. So. Okay. And what's your email? Thank you. My email is info, I-N-F-O, at org, and that's C-O-S-M-I-C-E-Y-E dot org, and it's also in the uh, the info uh, in the description for the podcast, as yours will be as well. Excellent. So go ahead now. Okay, I'm Chris Sheridan, and my book is The Spirit in the Sky. It's a memoir about a spiritual experience I had in the middle of a plane crash, which I obviously survived. Uh, and it's been, uh, I was wondering about that. Yeah. Like, did you, did you survive? Spoiler you alert. Not? I'm, on the, I'm lived, on the edge the of my seat. Survived. I'm on yeah, the edge of I my know. seat wondering. <laughs> don't, don't mean to ruin anything, but, yeah. but there it is. Guy, you, <laughs> the guy exactly. lives. Um, the guy lives. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, and, um, and, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a 200 page memoir. Uh, it's got a lot of stuff in it. Uh, even Manley Hall is mentioned in it because he's been such a huge part of my life and it relates to the experience I had in the airplane before it hit the ground. And you can email me at chrissheridan33, that's the number 33, uh, at Gmail. And the first listener to email will get a copy of this book sent out. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. And that's C H R I S. S H E R I D A N three, three at Gmail. And like I said, that information will also be in the, in the description for the podcast. Uh, Speaking of that, speaking of your book, we talked about your book. And so that podcast is, is up. If the listener wants to, to check that out, it is, uh, 
podcast number five, I believe. Uh, and it's the spirit in the sky with Chris Sheridan. So you can listen to that if you want to get a little preview on that, but definitely if you're interested in Chris's book, hit him up. And if you're interested in my meditation book, hit me up and we are excited to send out some books. So getting into today, we are speaking about the duties of the heart, the duties of the heart. It's a small pamphlet uh, taken from a Manly Hall lecture, which is absolutely fantastic. And I highly recommend uh, listening to it. And Chris, can you tell them where they can hear that and where they can check out the text of that um, if they want to before listening to us talk about it or after listening to us talk about it um, to kind of to kind of get the, the, the source material? Sure. Uh, the best, quickest way to get to it is manlyhall.com. Uh, which is the website of the Manly Hall Society, a group of people that are very interested and dedicated uh, in preserving and promoting, uh, promoting in the sense that we're getting it out to the world, uh, the words and works of Manly Hall, which is, again, what we're, we're doing today with this analysis of this lecture that was given in 1962 called uh, The Duties of the Heart, The Gates in the Wall of Heaven. That's the full title. And um, the transcript, an edited transcript, we actually truncated, it's uh, quite a bit smaller um, than the, the full-length version, um, is in the book Meditation, Disciplines, and Personal Integration. As well, it, is, uh, it appeared in the periodical, the PRS Journal, uh, that mainly all had for uh, a number of decades, uh, periodical through the Philosophical Research Society. And uh, on the manlyhall.com website, uh, the blog, under the blog section, uh, you'll see the transcript as well as an embedded video. So what you can do is listen to the video, which is the original recording, and you can read along with the edited version that actually showed up in print. And uh, if you're a Manly Hall fan, or even if you're new to them, it's really interesting to see some of the editing choices <laughs> that were made, like yeah. what was cut out. Yeah, uh, Some of this word for most of it's word for word just completely verbatim, um, very little content editing. There was just some, you know, they certainly, uh, I think, wanted to make a smaller, more digestible article. Um, but, uh, but there's interesting stuff, too, on the, uh, on the recording. So, yeah, um, yeah perfect. So that's the source uh, material, both, both versions of it, the original unedited uh, audio lecture of him speaking, as well as mm -hmm. uh, the, transcript the transcript of the edited yeah, I found the same thing interesting. What they what they cut out versus you know what they kept in. It was it was it was pretty fascinating. So that's kind of a neat thing to to see the process of of how that works. Um, the uh, the other thing I just uh, lost my train of thought. Why did I do that? So let me see where we are here. Uh, so the source material, uh, how it originally appeared. Oh, okay. So. Let's just uh, let's just dive right into the book then. Since we've given the information, we are going to go ahead and jump jump right in, uh, feet first or head first, however you want to go. <laughs> right. And uh, heart first. How about I... that? Yes. <laughs> there you go. Well, I would actually no. I know what I was. I, I I know what I wanted to say. This just uh, this just popped into my head. Uh, how uh, how packed full of of stuff this this book is. We're only going to be able to cover three or four points. Uh, in a limited amount of detail. So we, we both highly, highly recommend uh, reading or listening to Manly Hall's full lecture because it is, it is literally just packed from beginning to end with, with great stuff about, about the heart. 
And the first thing I want to say about that, obviously, as we said, it's called the duties of the heart. He has a great quote, which I love from the Bible, Proverbs 23 from Solomon, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's a great, great way to, to sort of summarize in one little biblical statement um, what this whole book is about. I mean, he really gets into the difference between the heart and the mind and all these different types of things. But what it comes down to is really that, you know, in the West and in the modern world, we've, we've somewhat lost the ability to use the heart. And we don't even kind of know what we're saying when we talk about the heart at times, and he gets into definitions of what that means and so forth. One of the things that I got out of it, and we talked a little bit about this before the show, and, and Chris agrees with me, is I think that what Manly Hall is really getting at, and you might want to Google this if you want to get some more information on, is the four functions, the four functions that uh, C.G. Jung talks about. I believe what Manly Hall is referring to with the heart as the, the, the feeling function. And when people in like the United States, a very thinking, extroverted, sensation-oriented society, the feeling function or the heart is really the most neglected of, of all the functions. And I think Manly Hall goes to great lengths in this, in this lecture and in this material to explain how that is not a, a good thing. Yes. Um, and so with that being said, he speaks uh, of he speaks of nature and nature is one of the big themes throughout this. And uh, I wanted to uh, to read a little quote from the book, just so you get some get some flavor from uh, from the actual pamphlet real quick. Give me one little second here. Um, one thing he talks about about nature is that oftentimes we have the wrong idea about it. We think it's something outside ourselves. Um, and what, he go, and what he says here is really poignant. Nature is an involved complex of laws operating in and through us. Nature is working in the, in the intricate complexity of our own character. So it's something that's a natural law. It's something that's a universal law that's actually taking place, taking place within us. Can you speak a little bit about that? Well, yes, the analogy or i guess the comparison he draws is that um you know the head is more removed even though we involve our head with much of our our outer lives uh, yeah the heart is actually closer to nature to reality uh with a capital r uh beyond this kind of world of, of illusions you know closer to truth uh, both our own personal individual truth and truth with a capital t uh, if you will um, yeah. of universal truths um, that are beyond uh, the human you know, set of uh, categorizing and you know, making laws. Because he makes a difference between a sin uh, and a crime, whereas you know, a sin is, is a, a violation against nature, against your own nature, um, that mm. you know, no one's yeah. going to punish you for. God isn't going to punish you. Nobody is. It, it's self-punishing because you're it's like putting your hand on the hot stove. It's sure. the stove isn't punishing you and God isn't punishing you for doing that. It is a law that in our human bodies, if you touch something beyond a certain degree, it's going to burn our skin. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. It's not personal. I mean, yeah, even though it maybe very much will affect you personally with a scar or a burn and pain, um, it don't take it personally. And it's not a judgment that somebody is, you know, looking down upon you and, and, heaping this this punishment uh yeah exactly. it's, it's really you're, you're you're violating them yourself 
you're violating your We're, own true nature, not God or some, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then he's, he goes on to say that a crime is a little more, you know, a law that, you know, man establishes um, and, you know, to keep us from going too fast on the freeway or, or you know, these, sure, these other sure. rules. Um, but but the sin, it's interesting that he would say that, you know, it's because when you, no, normally it's, when you think of sin, you know, you, it conjures up ideas of a wrathful God um, being yeah. upset at you for, for what you're doing or not doing. Well, what I think he's getting at, it seems like, is that the sin is actually when we're out of alignment with that natural law within, that's operating within ourselves. Did you get that, that feeling too? Absolutely. It's disharmony. Yeah. And, and we're going to disharmony. feel, you know, out of sync uh, with the universe and with life. And everything. There's a uh, a book uh, in tune with the infinite by uh, uh, Ralph Waldo Trine from late 1800s. Uh, excellent, excellent book. Uh, gets referenced a lot. Uh, not so much by Mr. Hall, but uh, Joseph Murphy. I think references that. But this being in tune with the infinite. If you're mm -hmm. tuned in uh, with the the tune, the same frequency and vibration yeah. of the universe, yeah. the benevolent universe, uh, then then things are going to move better for you. Uh, and if you're not, it's because you're out of tune. Not that the universe has a problem. You're out of tune. Yeah, like a piano or a guitar. It's kind of up sure. to you to, to shore that up. Yeah, and that reminded me uh, of that Henry Miller quote uh, that I was, I was telling you about, where Henry Miller says, and this comes from his book On Writing, the world has not, has not to be put in order. The world is order incarnate. It is for us to put ourselves in unison with this order to know what is the world order in contradistinction to wishful thinking orders, which we seek to impose on one another. And I think that's kind of getting into that difference between sin and, and, uh, and crime as, as well. You know, it's one's more interdirected, one's more, more outer directed, but the, the world has unto itself a, a natural order and we need to put ourselves into alignment with that. And, and that exists within ourselves. And I think that's one of the things about feeling and the heart that's important. It's a function of, of valuing. And Manley Hall speaks about that quite a bit when he talks about philosophy and how philosophy is used to, to, to value. And by that he means, and, and this is the same sense that Jungians use it. And it's, it's saying, I like this. I don't like that. This is good for me. This is not good for me. This I hold in high regard. This I hold in low regard. It's being honest with yourself about how you navigate through your own life and take it seriously. And, and also that, you know, that's an inner, an inner function whereby, you know, you're being true to the, the natural rhythms within yourself. If you're a musician, then you play music. If you're a writer, you write. If you're a sculptor, you sculpt. If you're a person who sells real estate, that's what you do. And, and, and you're in alignment with that when you're doing that thing that's, that's directed from within and actually externally engaging in it. That's harmony. You know, that's the, that's the, the order that he's talking about. And you can only get at that order through that valuing feeling through the heart. Right. Right. And that's that congruency that, uh, yeah. you know, the vibrations and uh, longings and desires and yes, duties of the heart are in exactly. line, they're parallel, they're synced up with uh, the universal harmony. Well, and we, we, you know, I think sometimes, especially in the, the new age world or in the, the spiritual world, we oftentimes want to balk at the idea of laws and, 
and, you know, discipline and things like that as being like, you know, it's something imposed by the man or something. But nature has its own set of laws. Life has its own set of laws. And we break those at our own peril. It has nothing to do with society. It has nothing to do with, you know, the, the fashion of the day or what have you. It really is something that's, that's universal and, and, and built into the foundation of nature. Speaking of that, um, moving on to our next uh, topic that we wanted to talk about, about integrity. And you had some great stuff that you wanted to speak on about integrity. Uh, yes. Well, that's the, you know, again, with this congruency and um, being not only connected with the universe uh, and these larger spiritual uh, natural uh, laws, uh, we also have to be, have integrity uh, within ourselves so that as an individual, we are an integrated whole and there is an interesting parallel that happens the more we become integrated with ourselves, the more our head and hearts are aligned, uh, the more um, we are in tune with, you know, the, the cosmic world around us. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're infinitely linked. And um, it really the process goes from within out. Uh, it would be nice if we could just you know, what's the, the old saying, if, if, well, it hurts to, to walk on this earth uh, with my feet. So if we just paved the world uh, in, in soft leather, you know, it would be fine. Or you can wear some leather shoes um, yeah. and, yeah, and walk exactly. on this rough earth. Slightly, slightly easier solution. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we hear this so much today. Unfortunately, it kind of uh, frustrates me to hear uh, in some of the public discourse, especially with, you know, political things and spiritual things that, well, if we just change the laws, if we just made, and I'm talking about human laws, if, sure. if we just made those better, a Green New Deal or, you know, make this more compassionate or if we had the right person in office, in government, and then we're going to have, it's all this external outward kind of coming inward. And, you know, again, there's some truth to that, but Wow, that's what an order to put on uh, a government that's probably not capable of, of doing sure. that anyway. And it's maybe a, that's not their order. job. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and how much control do we have over that? Uh, and how much control do we have over our own lives? And I would say we have quite a bit of control, more so when we're talking about our inner lives. And that's our head and our heart. Uh, both are, you know, populated, uh, populating our inner lives um, with, you know, the head with, you know, ideas and thoughts and beliefs that are relatively rigid. This is the way things are. This is the way I think. Uh, and then there's the heart. And they, when they get out of line, um, it's, it's, we're not in line. We're not in tune with ourselves. And so no wonder we're not yeah. in tune with the rest of the world. Sure, Exactly. I, uh, I found that, you know, working through this, this, this material, I mean, I, as I was breaking it down, I mean, it was hitting me all very deeply. Clearly, uh, I'm going through something that involves the heart. And I think for many of us, um, there's, a, there's a sort of a resistance to the heart-oriented, feeling-oriented material because it I don't know, it sounds maybe foggy or sort of, 
disconnected or, or I, I don't even, I can't even really put my finger on it. I just, all I know is that I have had a resistance to this sort of material in the past, anything heart oriented, feeling oriented. I don't want to have anything to do with it. It's like, it seemed just kind of silly and, 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 and abstract to me, but for whatever reason right now, I think it's, you know, partially due to some of the things I'm, I'm working on and stuff. It just opened me up. And so, you know, I read, this material last night. And after I, I read it, I, I meditated and I really just sat in and, and breathed and, and watched kind of the heart area, the heart center. And, you know, I had a really profound meditation experience that uh, I haven't had anything like before, honestly. So it kind of blew my mind. And, and, I, and I realized, wow, I'm fighting this, this, uh, I'm fighting this 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 feeling portion of myself, this heart oriented portion of myself, what Jonathan Cabot Zinn calls heartfulness, which I like that word. And um, you know, once you stop fighting and you just focus on the heart itself, it begins to open up and kind of tell you what it what it needs. And that's that's the beautiful thing. You really only need to slow down and 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 listen. And that was the cool thing I think that he got into about. Uh, educating the heart and the mind. Remember that section? Yes. And um, he talked about this and you might want to add some stuff to it, but I just want to say this little piece from, from the, from the text itself where he said the, the mind is educated by taking on knowledge, but the heart is educated by casting off error. One of the things we have to do in order to educate the heart is to gradually relax away from those false pressures by which the heart is enslaved to wrong goals. It's such a, such a deep way to, to look at that and so clear. Um, yeah. But you have to be ready, right? You have to be ready to, to kind of look at that. Well, the preparation, uh, and I would suggest getting your book <laughs> to anyone, um, oh, hey, is you. through meditation. Uh, and in this context, the meditation is to still the mind, is to quiet the mind, to turn down the volume and the pressure of the mind. You're not necessarily turning up the volume of the heart so I can hear it more. Mm-hmm. Um, the heart has its own rules, its own set of uh, circumstances and, and a language that it uses, uh, but it's much better heard and honored when we turn down the head and the thought stream and this constant conjuring up of thoughts and feelings, feelings in our mind, you know, thought feelings, you know, how, how I think I feel about this, not an honest, true direct feeling that, that you might get through the heart. And there, as we talk about congruency and, and wanting the head and the heart to be more aligned um, one of the troubles that we find ourselves in and having to deal with is the fact that they are working together. And by working together, I mean they're involved with each other. Uh, you mean the I don't heart mean and they're... the mind together? Yes, and I don't mean they're, yeah. and they're not always working very well together. <laughs> they, could, they, they could be uh, at odds, couldn't they? Very much so, because if we have a feeling, an emotion... Uh, you know, or an emotion uh, that uh, is unpleasant, or say if we want to justify a behavior. Well, I've been wronged, so you know maybe it's okay for me to do a little bit of cheating too, because everyone else cheats. Uh, that can get run through the mind, and then the mind goes, "Well, you know what, heart? That's 
you're kind of right. Yeah, people are cheating. And, you know, if you, they all get ahead and you're not getting ahead. So maybe you do need to cheat. So you, you may even, the heart may the heart even do something mind, it doesn't want to do. They're conspiring. They're conspiring they, together, they do. aren't they? They do. And, yeah. uh, and we're kind of caught in this, this loop, this connection between the two that's not really uh, to our advantage. Uh, yeah. What we need to get them is, is to play nice together. Um, but the leverage point with that, and this is, I think, is part of the thrust of, of this material, uh, is that we have to let the mind down, uh, let it give it some time off, give it some space uh, so that the heart uh, without the mind interfering. Yeah. Um, and we can experience maybe the heart's desire uh, that opening quote from Proverbs as a man thinketh in his heart, not as a man thinketh in his head. When we think, yeah. think, <laughs> the word think, we obviously, mm -hmm. you know, go right to the head, the top of the body, you know, where sure. the thing inside your skull is doing the thinking. But Buddhists, you know, uh, have written, you know, extensively on the heart mind, uh, mm -hmm. that is, you know, the heart brain, that, that there is yeah. intelligence, there is wisdom, there's maybe so much more wisdom in the heart. Now we can fill our minds up with all kinds of knowledge, wisdom, sure. thinking thoughts. Uh, but maybe there's a more, and those are usually visible things. Like it's a yeah. concept or something you can have a concrete idea. The heart works a little differently in, or perhaps profoundly different um, in direct feelings and more invisible, uh, seemingly intangible uh, operations, but they are just as real as the visible ones. Exactly. They're just, they're just, um, reached from a from a sort of a different angle and that's what what i think is is challenging about this and like what you said about sort of letting the you know when we talk about the mind and the busyness of the mind we're talking about thoughts and anxieties and worries and recurrent imagery that comes up over and over again and so on you know and slowing that down and being able to be contemplative and just sort of feel what's what's happening in the heart is a different source of wisdom and, you know, what, two of the things that Manley Hall talks about that are really uh, very deep and, and telling about the heart is he says the heart is a temple where the individual can come into the presence of the indwelling divinity. So it's more or less the gateway to, to God. I mean, and that's the, the way we find God is not by thinking thoughts and, you know, running scenarios and philosophical ideas through our head, but through the heart. And then the other thing he says about the heart is that the heart of the human being is the mainspring of the best part of himself. Nice. So, yeah, both of those are beautiful quotes. And I think that like what you were saying before, it's, it's getting the mind to and the thoughts to, to quiet down through some sort of a practice or technique or, or contemplation and allowing the heart to, to be heard, to be heard, you know, and, you know, that was the, other, the other thing that he pointed out was how we educate the heart by giving it beauty, by giving it great art, by listening to music. And we, we know the difference between great art and, you know, poor art and, and, and trashy art. So, you know, I think that's a, that's a way to educate it. To li like I said, to listen to great music, to, to spend time in nature, contemplation, yes. uh, contemplating essential, the essential value in things. And then he also talked about making positive statements, which I thought that's very interesting. He talked about making positive statements of belief. And I'm thinking about affirmations, powerful affirmations that go, that go right to the heart. Um, you know what I mean? And so you can, you can train the heart with, with words, but with words of, 
say poetry or you know from the great uh, the great books uh scriptural quotes you know buddhist quotes jewish quotes christian quotes what have you or or even from scientists or you know poets just you know quotes from from people that that inspire one uh those are ways to ways to educate and train train the heart and then that it's and it's not so much of filling it with information but those that information helps to strip away the errors the accretions the the negativity the 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 ego built up stuff that's accumulated in the heart and so forth um so i think i think that's a nice uh a nice way to to a way to look at that and you know, the language of the heart um you know to listen to it you almost have to use different ears too um than than you would to, you know listening to the mind uh you know within yourself and it's more in a feeling um because our feelings can be defended um they can be hurt and then they get protected so if you know you like dogs and then when you're a kid one dog bites you and then if your mind goes okay all dogs are like the one that bit me i'm never going to touch a dog again um uh, out of fear or whatnot um but your heart's going yeah but i'm really still a dog person <laughs> i really want to uh and then you're going to squash that and tell it no 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 um, yeah. don't do that because you'll get hurt you'll get hurt you'll get hurt uh we do that. And then as grownups, uh, as adults, we, um, we've stuffed these things down so far uh, that we kind of forget about them, but they don't sit quietly. Uh, if we are really dishonest with ourselves, with this inner part of our lives that maybe initially won't be detectable by anybody else, no one's going to call us out on our dishonesty for being dishonest with ourselves. Eventually, though, it will come out. It will come out in behaviors, even trying to repress something. It's surprising you see on the news too, people that have some of the most repressed behaviors or urges um, repress them so much that when they do leak out or explode and blow up in someone's face, it's such an extreme. Yeah, it becomes uh, you very know they're dangerous. found in a hotel room with a needle in their arm sure. and all this stuff, and sure. it's like. And their or other they're shooting are... up a shooting up a square with a semi-machine gun or something. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's, there's a real danger, if we can move it in this yeah. direction, of not listening to your heart. Now, the flip side, and this is maybe where, you know, a thinker or a thinking intellectual you know, type of person that I'm certainly prone to, um, you know, danger lies in that it, if you, you know, do get that far removed, and if you do stuff down these these feelings um, is that we're actually separating ourselves from that part of ourselves. And, yeah. uh, but I think some of the fear that people have is, well, if I just lead a heart centered life, cause we talk about people wearing their heart on their sleeve and they're just telling everybody mm -hmm. everything about their problems or, Oh, he leads with yeah. his heart. That's kind of looked at as a negative thing. And it can well, be, if we were too heart driven yeah. and emotionally driven, we would, Hey, you know, let's have candy bars for lunch. You know, I mean, that, because that's what you know. I think that's the difference between between emotion and feeling. You know, people conflate the two together and an emotion is something that comes over you that's uncontrolled, whereas a feeling is something that's from the heart and it's disciplined and it has laws and you're you're either. And he agrees. I can I can tell. Um, but, you know, it, that's where the heart uh the heart sort of uh, acts as a bridge to, to wisdom. 
you know, and then you don't get caught in that emotionalism and that heart on the sleeve and that weakness. And, and it becomes more of a, a, a vulnerability that actually contains strength. Like, like, and he talks about that where he talks about Socrates and Jesus and George Washington and, and, uh, and I thought, well, MLK and, you know, there's all these different characters in the past, um, you know, who are very vulnerable, but at the same time, extremely strong. And that's where the the true heart nature comes in and maybe not that brittle emotionalism that some people think is heart centered. Would you agree with that? Well, I would. And, and properly understood as I'm, you know, these people that uh, these luminaries that you mentioned, Gandhi, um, Jesus, uh, George Washington and whatnot, the that which is in their heart allowed them to go beyond uh, where their minds could carry them. Because uh, again, the mind looks at what's visible and what's available and what's possible. Uh, the heart can look at what's not there and see what's not uh, considered possible. It can go beyond that. So if it's strength and resolve in a difficult situation, or if it's you know facing your own demons, uh, that heart energy can you know, is stronger. Once we're tuned in with it, it can be much stronger. And there's actually a uh, scientist, uh, Greg Braden, uh, Greg with two G's, well, three actually, G-R-E-G-G, uh, Braden, and he talks how scientifically, neurologically, uh, that the heart is actually many times more powerful than the head when it comes to, uh, and I guess it's detectable, um, with, you know, physiologically detectable. Yeah, yeah. That it, it is a, you know, if you think of it as like a radio station, this one might have more watts um, than the head one does. I mean, just even in our wow. physical being, uh, and that's where this, you know, asking from the heart, um, the, what was the song from, uh, uh, not somewhere over the rainbow, the one from Pinocchio, um, when your heart is in your dream, no request is oh, too yeah. extreme. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, it's, you know, when exactly. your heart is in your dream, no request is too extreme. Yeah. It's not your head. <laughs> no, you right. know, it's that heart right. can go beyond, you know, that mind is very limiting in a sense. And that can be very, very good. And that's the really essentially Alan Watts did a great uh, bit on this called Prickles and Goo. Um, there's a great animation. It's a fairly short excerpt from his uh, lectures on, on YouTube. I highly recommend it. Uh, and it talks about the two types of people. There's the prickly people and the gooey people. And the prickly people are kind of represented by this, this, you know, sharp pointed you know, three-dimensional object, like a star with many uh, points. Um, and it's rigid and it has this and it's a, and then you have this gooey glob of, of, of the heart um, that's, well, hey, it's mushy and we'll just go here and we'll just go there and there's no structure. Uh, ideally, we want to have both, but we want, we want that ratio, uh, like how much is head, how much is heart, um, yeah. like how much that power uh, connection, want that really to be uh, in its proper amount uh, well, because they, they yes, do. if they you have to be balanced, you're right. They do. And if you have this unbridled emotion and feeling, and I'm just going to do this and just do that, you do need structure you got to drive between the lines. You've got to, uh, but if you're too structured, then, then you're missing out on life. You're missing out on the heart of, of life, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I think that's, that's a great, uh, so there's, there's danger in not listening to our hearts. Um, there's danger in, in actually being run too much by the heart. Uh, I don't think we're really at that 
uh, that point. Um, and yeah, I think especially in our modern world, uh, so obsessed with technology and the media and thinking and money making activities, I don't I don't think many of us are are erring on the side of too much too much heart. Do you? No, and even even the self help books, you know, are very you know kind of ego minded in you know yeah. you know five easy steps to spiritual enlightenment and you think well these are you know five we have an ordering of five steps to do something that is completely structured and, and completely yeah exactly. mind oriented i mean it's the the real self-help book should be you know one step uh to that and that's you know sure. listen to your heart <laughs> well of course so that, then how do you do it. that um, uh, yeah. but, it, but it, again it's going to take a different approach we can't approach the heart yeah. the way we approach the mind. Um, well, it seems like uh, the heart requires a, a, a different a different language almost. It's like, okay, it requires stillness. It requires beauty. It requires contemplation. It requires, you know, art. It requires feeling and, and emotionally oriented subjects. And, and it requires, it has a sort of fine fine quality to it where the head is more blunt and regimented i think and logical and like you said step oriented and you know it can program computers and it can you know engineer a bridge and and it's all necessary but but also you know the heart should should make one ask well why am i doing this and and why am i paving every single you know piece of nature over and why am i cutting down the forest to build another walmart and why am i you know, doing X, Y, Z, and the heart needs to be used more uh, for for matters of value. Like, is this valuable? The head can figure out just about anything. I mean, human beings are obviously incredibly uh, crafty, mm-hmm. willful, and um, and organized to be able to manipulate stuff. But here's the problem with that: is we're very good at doing that now to the point where we're actually going to kill ourselves. Uh, uh, ecologically and technologically speaking, and probably not in the very far future. Uh, so, you know, we've got to, it's, I mean, it's an imperative that we, we start listening to the heart and asking ourselves, what's important here? What, what needs to be done for, for the heart and not just for the head or for the comfort of my body or for, you know, some imagined security that I want to have against you know this terrorist or that you know that hostile nation or whatever but something where we, we're really entering in the world fully you know fully engaged with our hearts and asking okay what's important here what do we value here what's for the good of the planet what's for the good of other countries and what's for the good of the other people around ourselves right you know I man and i think in um you know the example of uh, the difference between the head and the heart. I think Viktor Frankl in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, uh, a good about half of the book was dedicated to his experience in the concentration camps at Auschwitz uh, in World War II. Uh, and he was a medical doctor uh, to begin with, and so were other people in his camp. And I believe he took this idea, or you know, borrowed it um, uh, from Nietzsche, in that... Um, as long as man, and I'm paraphrasing, as long as man has a why, he can survive anyhow. And to flip mm. that around, if you're in a very difficult situation, in his Frankel's case, it, it was a, a you know a concentration camp. And 
the question was how with this, you know, the miserable weather, uh, you're, you're, there's no blankets. Um, there's, you know, and the nutrition is, is completely horrible. Uh, and these yeah. were doctors and they knew what it took to sustain the body. And, uh, but it wasn't, how am I going to get through this? That yeah. never worked for anybody. It wasn't how physically strong you were mm -hmm. or how, you know, your yeah, you know, exactly. fortitude of this or that, but it was the people that had a why. why? And that's a heart. Exactly. Heart is why I want to do this. The that's head is how am I going to do point. this? Yeah. And if you're you looking at the head only, point. you're saying, how am I ever, how, like, there's no way I'm going to survive this. How could somebody survive with all this? Well, yeah. that's not what the other people and Frank that's himself were asking. They were asking, why? Why, why should I endure this? What's yeah, and you, and you had it? to find uh, you had to find an answer that was meaningful enough to you to sustain your life through that that hell. And uh, I remember him talking about in that book how he could see in a man's eyes when he gave up, and and he would you know he might even do something like give his last cigarette away or give his crust of bread away, and he knew that guy was a goner, and they would just choose to not go on, and he'd be dead in within hours. And he sure. would talk about how he could see that and, and that, you know, he let that man let his why go and that his heart essentially died. And then the body went along with it. And it, it you know, it really is a it's an extremely powerful uh, book and it's an ex extremely powerful uh, idea that, you know, that ties into what what Manly Hall is talking about in this. And, you know, um, unfortunately, we are running up to the end of this, but I did want to read that. That last paragraph, which I like so much. Uh, uh, um, that we spoke about earlier. Can you, can you read that one by entering into our own hearts? Sure. By entering into our own hearts, therefore, we truly discover the heart of God. We truly experience the infinite security of this universe. We realize in a strange mystical way that it is true that every sparrow's fall is marked, that every atom dancing in the light or mingled into the structure of some creature is known and is recorded and has its own destiny governed by the same love that rules the universe. Gradually, out of this experience of the intimacy of a beautiful universe comes a wonderful realization of true security. Wonderfully read. And amen, Manly P. Hall. That's just a, just a beautiful, beautiful paragraph. Um, you know, and I really think, uh, again, what he's, what he's talking about is developing developing heartfulness. I really, I like that word. I heard Jonathan Kabat-Zinn, the uh, mindfulness instructor, talk yes. about He's that. He's a guy from Boston who has yep. really the, the palouse and the, the scientific uh, community behind this uh, mindfulness meditation practice. He's a pretty exactly. much a leader in that field, but interesting that sure. somebody who's, who's associated that, with mindfulness yeah. is actually using the term talking about heartfulness. heartfulness. Yeah. Wow. Well, Love and it. I think that he, I think he started, I think he did, did that, did that because he realizes that, you know, the mindfulness movement itself is, has turned into an intellectual endeavor, you know, and I, and I think he wanted to kind of provide a, a contradistinction to that by saying, you know, heart, it's heartfulness. It's developing a different way of looking at things and being mindful actually means getting the thinking out of the way and focusing on the experience, the sensation, the, the feeling, the, you know, the, the concrete experience of life in day-to-day -day moments, you know, that's really what it means to be mindful, but at the same time to be aware of what's coming from within oneself, you know, heart, heartfully quote unquote speaking. 
Um, so we have been talking about the duties of the heart, Manley Hall's uh, brilliant uh, discussion and pamphlet uh, that can be found at uh, manleyhall.com under the blog section, and you'll see it listed listed prominently there. It says the heart, and you can click on that and, and find uh, the video and the and the text to this. Um, and it's been a been a great discussion. Thank you for your for your insights into this. Oh, sure, it was a good choice it. to uh, to pick this up, and I think uh, I could say it's very timely right now in the world. But yeah, I think at any time we could say it's, it's timely. Always, <laughs> it's uh, exactly. It's never probably not timely to talk about exactly. that. Exactly. Uh, Indeed, and and uh, just a reminder uh, for our seventh show. Uh, we are giving away, we are both giving away a book. So if you would like Chris's book, email him at chrissheridan33 at gmail.com or email me at info at cosmiceye.org. And my book is If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate. And Chris, what is the title of your book? The Spirit in the Sky. The Spirit in the Sky. So we look for your emails. The first person who sends one in gets a free book with free shipping, no strings attached. No heartstrings attached. Well, there'll be some hearts. There'll be some heartstrings attached. Hopefully, at least one. We, yeah, <laughs> because we care about you and we want you to uh, to enjoy these these books. We do. Uh, thanks again for for tuning in to Cosmic Eye, uh, Chris. Thanks for for being here. I appreciate you every week showing up and and bringing your your insights. Well, thank you again for having me. All right, so we will be back next Sunday and check out our previous podcast, particularly. Uh, if you're interested in Manly Hall, check out our one on Secret Teachings. That's our podcast number one. And have a great week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, goodbye and God bless. Thank you for listening. And please join us next Sunday for a new episode of Cosmic Eye. You can purchase If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate at Amazon.com or through our website, CosmicEye.org.